Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, a couple games last night that might have caught your attention. The Utah Jazz messed up a perfectly winnable game and lost to the Memphis Grizzlies. Did it have to come down to that? Absolutely not. Should the Jazz have won? Of course they should have. Was there a whistle at the end of the game the Jazz fans will be complaining about tomorrow morning? You bet there was. But the big takeaways, the big lessons from this, the Jazz do not have a championship mentality right now. They are losing focus in a heartbeat. They get up 8 or 10 points, and the focus goes away. The energy goes away. They turn the ball over, give up transition points. They give up offensive rebounds, second, sometimes third chances, and they let teams back into games. And you look at what the Suns are doing. They won again, extended their winning streak again. You look at the way the Warriors are winning. They've only dropped two games all year. Jazz aren't matching their level. Now, you don't win a championship for matching their level in November. I get that. But you got to play better. The way the Jazz are playing right now is not anything close to the level they have to play at to win. They have got to get better. They seem to know that and say all the right things in the postgame. And you will hear the postgame coming up uh, later in this hour. We'll play the best of the postgame show. Quinn hit on the right plays, and the, you know, at one point, and pretty late in his post game, you'll hear him say, "Yeah, basically, almost half the points came off of second chance opportunities and uh, transition points off of uh, turnovers and you know, long missed threes." Well, that's not good enough. I mean, it's just not good enough. <laughs> you score 118 points, you've done enough offensively to win the game. Could they have won it on Donovan's last shot? Of course they could have. But that would have obscured the message. When you get up by 10 and you got the crowd going nuts, and actually I think they're up by 11, but whatever. You're up double digits at home in the third quarter. You got the momentum. Pull away. Stretch the lead to 15 or 20. But instead, three minutes later, it's a tie game. Well, that's not good enough. You're playing a 500 team at home. You're healthy. You got all your guys. You're not going back to back. There, there's no excuses here. You're up 10 and 11. You got the momentum. You got to pull away. You can't turn the ball over, give up points in transition, give up second chance points, and in the final minute of the game, foul them and send them to the line three times. Man, if we've learned anything from analytics, the most efficient point place on the court to score is the free throw line. And Quinn Snyder has said, we've got to defend without fouling. And then with the game on the line, they foul and they foul and they foul again. And they were giving up second chance points before they were fouling. It was a comedy of errors. Donovan Mitchell sounded uh, chastened after the game. He shot the ball very poorly. Um, Rudy Gobert, after the game, you'll hear him talk about, yeah, I got sucked in too deep. I looked at John Moran. I thought I'd go down there and challenge the shot. But then he left his man on the perimeter and he gave up a three-pointer. John Morant did not shoot the ball well. He he was shooting like 30%. He was probably going to go in and force and miss a contested shot because he did a lot of that in the game. If he made it, it was tied, and the Jazz had a chance to go in and win it, or they go to overtime. The only way to lose in regulation was to give up a three, and Rudy left his man and gave up a three. Merck Benjaris a long time ago said, you got to know time and score. Rudy didn't know time and score. I mean, he knew it after the game, so if he doesn't do it again, great, but... You know, in the moment, he got too far into the paint and couldn't recover to the three-point line. Uh, Mike Conley, as usual, 
uh, knows the problem and can diagnose it. Now, can you change it during the game is obviously more important, but you're going to hear him say about their lost focus, and it's just spot on. They had multiple opportunities to put that game away. They were up by six, and they gave up a 7-0 run to close the game. And you can go back to the third quarter when it looked like they were going to pull away and open up a big, comfortable lead, and they didn't do it then. And there were other opportunities in between. So we'll play all that for you coming up uh Coming up later, the Jazz three-game losing streak is over, and they fall to Memphis, and now they go to Oklahoma City for a game Wednesday and back home to play New Orleans at home on Friday and again on Saturday. Saturday's going to be a weird night. The Jazz are going to be playing the Pelicans. USC is going to be playing uh, BYU at the Coliseum in football. Meanwhile, the BYU basketball team will be playing the Utah basketball team. And you're going to have the Jazz starting at 7, and the college hoops at 7.30, and then the football game at 8.30. So... Prepare for a lot of TV Saturday night. Everything's overlapping. Everything's everything's meeting up at once. All right, and then the other game last night, um, on, on a week when a lot of division leaders went down to defeat, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did not. They got the win. They took care of business. They beat the Giants like they were supposed to. The uh, Bucks went out and scored on their opening drive. It was 7 nothing. They went right down the field. The Giants kicked a field goal, and... Uh, Really didn't do a lot right after that. Uh, Daniel Jones threw a couple of interceptions. He threw an interception rolling right back to the middle of the field when there was no receiver there. Maybe he thought the lineman blocking was a receiver, I guess. It was an embarrassing interception. It was not a good NFL play. It was not remotely close to what you need at an NFL quarterback. Was it the butt fumble? No. Was it close? Eh, kind of. It was embarrassing. Uh, and then the Bucks just pull away, and they, they win 30-10. to 10. They win pretty comfortably. Uh, they were up at halftime, and uh, they came right out and scored on their first two possessions in the, in the third quarter and turned a 7-point lead into a 17-point lead, and the Bucks get the win. So there you go. All right, DJ and PK, got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go up to the uh, Hill. Kyle Whittingham, his press conference after the big win over Oregon. Uh, he talks about that, looking ahead to Colorado, and also looking to changes in recruiting. And uh, where recruiting is trending, and he gets into uh, gets into quite a bit of recruiting talk. Everything changing, um, you know. Guys make their commitments, then coaches get fired. Now you got to go think. Oh wait, that that school got that kid. We liked him. Maybe we need to go talk to that kid again. And then he talks about the growing importance of the transfer portal. <laughs> we thought the transfer portal went nuts, and he says, "Oh, the transfer portal's really going to go nuts." In my opinion, this year. So, and with all the coaching changes, you can see it. You know, you go to play for a coach, and you got all the guys who've been blown out already. And then you got the guys who are still about to get fired, and then you got the people who have jobs who are going to leave to get a better job. Kind of what happened with Blake Anderson leaving uh, Arkansas State to Utah State. So uh, you can see why Kyle says what he says. So we'll hear from Kyle coming up next on the best of the Jazz post game show. Stay with us. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Huh! Huh! The Aggies look to keep their hopes for a division title alive as they hit the road for a battle against New Mexico to wrap up the regular season. Catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame this Friday morning at 10 a.m. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. 
Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to go to Kyle Whittingham's press conference. They won the Pac-12 South. He talks about the win over Oregon. Looks ahead to recruiting because the more you win, and they just won the division for the third time in four years, the more players and high school coaches and players' parents are all looking because everybody wants to be part of a winner. Kyle Whittingham on recruiting and the win over Oregon here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Okay, uh, first of all, big shout out to our fan base uh, for the game Saturday night. Incredible atmosphere. Uh, just the, the place was, uh, the environment was as good as it's ever been. And I uh, really appreciate our fans for coming out and supporting our guys and uh, hope they enjoyed the game. Um, and it was uh, really uh, something that we'd like to continue to repeat over and over, having that same environment in, in Rice-Eccles. Um, to start out, I want to shout out to Devin Lloyd as well. He's been named a, a finalist for the Buckus Award. And uh, I'm not sure how much longer. When does that award get finalized and named? either on or December 7th. Okay, so in the next couple of weeks it'll be it'll be uh, coming down to the wire. So we're proud of Devin and what he's done for us here at Utah. He's having a terrific year and uh, definitely a uh, you know just a, a one of the top linebackers in the country and deserving of uh, being a finalist for the Buskis Award. So um, I thought our guys played really well Saturday night, all three phases. Um, you know, the, the real objective defensively was to take away the run. And uh, I think our guys did that without question, held them to 60 uh, and some odd yards and and uh, really played sound defensive front football and, and gap control. Um, thought that uh, some of the biggest uh, key situations of the game or, or stretches of the game, number one, uh, when we took over with about 2.05 left on the clock in the first half and put together another outstanding two-minute drive and, and scored to go up 21-0. Very uh, similar to what we did last week against Arizona. And so that was a key drive to put us up 21-0. Uh, after the ensuing kickoff, we get a three and out and are able to have the second, probably the biggest play of the game and the second uh, critical element of the game was uh, Cubby's punt return. That that really was a, a huge momentum uh, builder going into halftime and so uh, if you had to pinpoint one play in the entire game that was the, the key, it would have been that one. And then the, uh, the final situation was we came out in the second half, uh, didn't have a very good opening drive with our defense. They went down and scored, but our offense promptly went right down the field and answered to go up 35-7, and it was pretty much uh, over at that point. So, so again, proud of our guys' offense uh, for I don't know how many weeks in a row it's been now. It sounds like a broken record where they've been uh, outstanding. Only had eight possessions. You know, we didn't pile up the yardage. I think we had 386-ish uh, right in that range. and uh, But on eight possessions, that's pretty good Pretty good production. And 38 points on eight possessions is, is really good. And so with the games uh, being – they're trying to shorten the games and get the clock moving quicker and all that, the possessions are down. I mean, you don't have as many possessions as you used to. I remember uh, 20 years ago, you'd have 14, 15 possessions in a game and just don't have that anymore. So so it's a little bit different in that respect. But our offense did make the most of, uh, of the possessions they got. Uh, special teams, other than the Covey uh, punt return, were solid. Uh, we only punted twice. Did a nice job in those situations. Uh, kickoff coverage was was solid. Uh, had a couple kickoff returns. We haven't had many opportunities in that this year, but uh, did uh, some good things on those returns and uh, made all our PATs, made our field goal. So overall, uh, a very positive night. And uh, now we move on to Colorado. 
Uh, it's all about the seniors this week, uh, seniors and the and the juniors that are uh, planning on moving on. And so we want to send those guys out the right way. And uh, it's important that uh, we take first things first and don't get ahead of ourselves. Uh, regardless of the circumstances of the situation, we can't sit here and worry about who we might or might not play in a couple weeks. That's not that's not the point of emphasis and the focus. The focus is Colorado Buffaloes. They're playing good football. They beat Washington um, the other day. And, and so we've got to uh, turn all our attention, all our focus, all our efforts to uh, the Colorado Buffs, which we will. So questions? Kyle, you mentioned the senior day, obviously, but if I, if I understand it correctly, you have 10 seniors listed, obviously, and a bunch of juniors. Do you have a good understanding of how many at this point will be honored on Saturday? Uh, yeah, we'll probably have about 15 to 17 guys. Uh, walk, I guess you could call it, you know, come out for, for the senior uh, introduction. Now, now, that doesn't mean that every single one of those guys that's a junior is definitively making a decision to move on. It's, you know, we could very well have some guys that, that go through that ceremony that decide to come back, which we'd, we'd welcome them. And so uh, it's better to err on that side than to not have them walk. And then if they leave, not to recognize them. And so uh, I would guess uh, 15, 16, 17 guys will make that walk. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, 10 of them or so are are uh, true seniors, if that is a thing anymore, and uh, don't have any more eligibility. Is Covey one of the guys that will walk on? Uh, uh, we're not going to, you yeah. know, in case they change their mind between now and then, I just don't want to, I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, just, just screw things up with that. So, so there, there's, and some of them are still deciding. It's not 100% set now which ones are going to walk and which aren't. But that's just a ballpark guess. Kyle, talking about the uh, you, you have off on this team over the last two years, I mean, they really haven't changed as far as the leadership. Mm -hmm. But for, for what for what these guys had to go through over the last year, and then seeing them come in as you know brand new to to, to the college scene, how 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 has their their development been? And you know them obviously being really good leaders the last two years. Well, we've had outstanding leadership, and uh, we've needed it. Uh, you know, we've been through, as we all know some uh, absolutely horrific events and uh, the leaders have stepped up and couldn't be more proud of, of how they've handled things and how they've kept things together and uh, it's uh, you know that and that's the mark of a, a really good football team has really good leadership and and right now we're playing pretty good football and, and I attribute a, a great deal of that to the uh, the leaders on the football team Adam, you, you've obviously been spoiled in your playoff hopes in 2019. You spoiled Cutler or, or Oregon. What, what does the conference have to do to kind of be back in that playoff discussion? I mean, what, what, what do you feel is the best course for you guys? <laughs> well, um, you know, the Pac-12, we've said it for a lot of years in a row now, is very competitive, very balanced. Uh, Nobody has, has seemed to be able to have that, not seemed to, nobody's had that breakout year where where you go through the, the league unblemished and, and through the season undefeated. And that's, that's pretty what it takes, pretty much what it takes with the four-game, four, or the four-team format. And so we just have been uh, uh, beating each other up a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think when they do eventually make the move, I don't even know when that's scheduled to happen. I guess I should know, but soon they're going to expand and and uh, think that will make things uh, a better situation for everybody, not just us, but for the entire country. Kyle, uh, just to follow up on what Josh said, you've said in the past that you're that you're in favor of a 12-team format. As things move along here, are you still in favor of 12, if not more? Even more. You know, 16, I think, would be ideal, yeah. but, but 12 is a, a big step in the right direction, and... Uh, 
I think 16 would would uh, be the the ultimate, but uh, it's not going to go there right away, from what I understand. What do you make of the, the Buffs with their, you know, it, they, they had a really good year last year. You guys went over their place and beat them, but it seems like they had a little bit of a down year, even though coming off of a win against yeah, they've got four, you know, four wins this year: the Huskies, Oregon State, Arizona, and and uh, was Northern Colorado, I believe, was their fourth win. And so, uh, you know, they've had uh, some ups and downs this season, as as we all have. But uh, they're well coached. They got some good players, and uh, like I said, they're coming off a win at Wa- uh, against Washington, which uh, gives them momentum a lot, like when we played Arizona a couple weeks ago, and they had coming off a win and were really juiced up for the game and and. Uh, Ready to go. Expect that same thing from the Buffaloes. They have a, a pretty good linebacker in, in, in Landman. Mm-hmm. Is he a guy you've got to keep your eye on at all times? Yeah, terrific player. Uh, I guess he's been dinged up a little bit. Uh, hasn't played much as of late. Um, and uh, but he's yeah. I've been watching him for a lot of years now. He's he's really good. He's really good. I don't think he played at all in the Washington game, did he? I haven't really gotten to their defense yet. But, I don't think so. Yeah. He was in for the victory formation. Sorry, DJ. Go ahead. But then, just kidding. Is your defensive line here a whole new level holding Oregon to 63 yards rushing, considering what happened earlier against Oregon State, BYU, San Diego State? I would say relative to that, yes. You know, are we a finished product yet and where we need to be? No. Uh, we're still not quite uh, as big and strong as we need to be. We've got some freshman kids that next year are going to be 10, 15, maybe 20 pounds heavier, stronger. And uh, I think that's uh, really going to be a, a, a boost for us. But relative to some of the struggles that we had earlier in the season, we're playing much, much better football right now up front. And uh, as you saw in the game, we started three freshmen, Aliki Vimahi at tackle, Junior Tafunu at tackle, and Van Fillinger out at end. And so those guys just seem to be getting better and better as the weeks go by. And uh, again, we got work to do. And we're, we're uh, the future, I think, is very bright at that position. But right now, we've made a, a lot of progress from game one to where we are now. But we need to continue taking steps forward. Is that, um, with, that, with that position, um, you've, you are, it's always been uh, a, a really big topic where you guys have always been strong at, at the mm-hmm. position on the D line. And, you know, normally you're, you're bringing in and, and, and having to have these guys progress and develop. Right. Is, is that still the case or, or is it more just high-end talent where you guys just have to sharpen some things? Well, you know, you know, we had Vianney, who was our headliner at D-Tackle, get injured and was out for the season. So that that uh, forced our hand a little bit to play more freshmen. And, and in the long run, it's going to be a positive. Um, I think that uh, Coach Puha, Sione Puha, our defensive tackle coach, has done a great job with those interior guys. Uh, as I said, they seem to be getting better and better fundamentally and technique-wise every week. And uh, Coach Powell, the same thing with Van. Does that answer your question? I don't know. What, was that? Okay. Yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there for a second. With with uh, high school football getting done now, we see recruits playing other sports like basketball or getting to wrestling or things like that. What's your philosophy on uh, these kids playing other sports? Do you want them, do you prefer them to stick to football? Or do you like to see them play other sports? Love to see him play other sports. Absolutely love it. Uh, that's a plus in recruiting. When we, that's one of the first questions we ask. What other sports do you play? And uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a red flag, but, but when you hear a guy just plays football, the first thing you ask is why? You know, why, why do you not uh, you know, play other you know, sports? And, and so I'm a big proponent of that. I think as a high school player, you should play everything you possibly can. Um, you know, I know there's 
there's a lot of guys who will disagree and, and parents who will disagree but but uh, I think if you're truly a great athlete then uh, you should uh, be a multi-sport guy and and like I said we put a premium on that in recruiting and that's that's on the positive side of the ledger when we're making our evaluations. This obviously isn't the first time doing this, but you know, you've got one game left and you have the championship game. What, what does that go into with recruiting, knowing that a lot of teams may have that whole week to kind of shore up their, their thing before early signing day? What, where are you guys at and how do you feel about it? Well, it's definitely worth the trade-off. You know, being in the championship game is absolutely outweighs uh, losing some time in recruiting. Um, the best thing you can do for recruiting is win, and uh, you know, and the exposure and, and uh, playing in that game is is a big positive. Yes, we're going to miss out on four or five days of evaluations and contacts, but but uh, well worth the trade-off. And and uh, we have, you know, we'll take that scenario every single year. Is recruiting more? Uh elusive and ever-changing than ever before because coaches are getting fired in season, which would encourage kids to reopen recruitment. So do you see kids cycling in and out of commitments? Absolutely. And uh, you combine that with the portal, which, by the way, I think is going to go crazy this year. I think the portal is going to be its most active ever uh, in this offseason. You're already seeing, seeing it really heat up. And so I think uh, between what you just mentioned as well as the uh, – the uh, ability to, to move and go without any penalty, it's going to be, uh, you know, it continues to change and evolve, and it will continue to change and evolve down the road. And, and uh, you got to make sure, in, in our opinion, that you save uh, X amount of scholarships, hold them back for, for uh, portal kids, because uh, oftentimes they don't, uh, you know, they're not in until late in the game. And so you got to be able to have some, some scholarships in your pocket to, uh, to accommodate that. With the portal and holding up the scholarships, how does that change this year just with the number of initial counters for this year going from 25 uh, to 30. Yeah, that's a big help, and uh, I think it was a great move by the NC2A to do that. And uh, it's still, uh, you still got to balance it. I mean, uh, there's not a, no doubt that the the uh, the basis of our recruiting and the the uh, you know the. Uh, the, the place where we recruit the most is the high school athlete. I mean, that's it's not gonna that's not gonna change. Don't see that changing. But now it's been supplemented by the portal. And I think that what what level has really suffered is the junior college recruiting. I think there's far less opportunities for junior college players because teams seem to be either going the high school route uh, and then com- or going the high school route and then combining that and supplementing that with with. Uh, portal guys with transfer guys rather than the JC guys. JC guys used to fill that bill, but now it's it's shifted. Does that make the fact that Tavion found his way to you kind of more remarkable just yep. the whole landscape? It does. Too. It does because if you look historically uh, going back 25 years, we always had six, eight, ten JC guys pretty much in every class. Right. And now that number has shrunk to one, two, or three. So. Now following up on that, with, with recruiting, obviously you can't, like you've mentioned, just go all in on transfer portal right. to have that high school development. But do you feel like you have a good balance or do you have a specific number that you're looking for each year when you're trying to go through transfer portal? Not really a specific number. Uh, it just depends on the specific needs for that year. And also... Uh, uh, the reason you keep some of those uh, scholarships in your pocket is because the needs are not uh, manifest yet. You, you have two or three guys transfer out from a certain position group that can be very damaging. You better have something uh, in your pocket to be able to, to uh, get that situation rectified.
What do you make of uh, Dan, Dan Mullen getting fired at Southport Island? Yeah, tough news. Uh, I, I really like Dan. He, he, obviously, we were here together uh, back when Urban was here. Outstanding football coach, but it just illustrates uh, the mentality and, and uh, the nature of the beast This you know, in, in this day and age. And, and uh, you know, with the money that's being made and, and uh, you know, the instant gratification and people wanting results now, that's how it is. If you don't like it, you don't have the stomach for it, get out of the profession because it's not going to change, in my opinion. Coach, with the way you guys have played over the last month, is recruiting momentum like a real thing? Have you guys noticed more interest in momentum? In terms yeah, of I would say yes, and uh, we hope to uh, get some more commitments here down the stretch. Um, and I think it's directly tied, or at least uh, somewhat tied, to the uh, success we've had the last uh, six, seven weeks of the season. The success you've had with your offensive line, is that because you have been able to kind of get it set, or is that because guys are just learning, improving, and getting better? Both. Both. Uh, we, you know, it took us a minute to to get things situated. You know, we lost Jaron Come for the season, and we had to shuffle the deck a few times. And but then we had guys getting better and and uh, and stepping up and, and improving their play. And it's a credit to them and, and to Coach Harding for for getting that done. And uh, they also, uh, you know, we're getting picked on a little bit. I shouldn't say picked on, but uh, a little bit uh, maligned early in the season, and and uh, kind of challenged them, and they uh, they responded. Coach, now that you've had Sunday to reflect on it, I know the walking line is credit to the assistants and players and whatnot, understandably so, but what does 142 wins mean to well, it's been a long journey and a, and a long, uh, a long grind. I guess you could say. Although I loved every minute of it, but but uh, I really don't have a different stance or a different take. I mean, it's it's uh, again. I just feel grateful that I could be at one place and uh, have the opportunity to build so many relationships and have so many outstanding players come through and coaches. So I, I guess I'm not saying anything different than uh, I've said the last couple of weeks, but but uh, truly am, feel very blessed. That's kind of the bottom line. How, how cool is it to see Tyler Huntley make his, his first NFL start? Awesome. And to see him win the game and, and uh, you know, those two late touchdown drives, I texted him today and, and told him, you know, how, how uh, proud we are of him. Of him. And, and uh, he's one of the most competitive, toughest kids that's ever come through here and and uh, it doesn't surprise me the success he's having because he was driven he's a he's absolutely uh, he's a football junkie and just loves everything about the game and every day every minute of every day he's doing something to make himself better so proud of Tyler all right there's Kyle Winningham when we come back the best of the post game show stay with us it's game week for the Aggies and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff huh! 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 The Aggies look to keep their hopes for a division title alive as they hit the road for a battle against New Mexico to wrap up the regular season. Catch all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame this Friday morning at 10 a.m. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK at 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Jazz lost a very winnable game at home to the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Here is the best of the postgame show as Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder and star players explain what went wrong. It's your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. Tough loss last night for the Jazz. They lose to the Grizzlies 119 to 118. A game the Jazz thought they had in the books. Give up some offensive rebounds late. A tough turnover of 14 seconds to go by Donovan Mitchell. And then, of course, a uh, inadvertent whistle on a missed free throw leads to a jump ball, leads to a Jaron Jackson Jr. three point bucket and the Jazz lose 119 to 118 big night for John Morant 32 points Desmond Bain at 28 Jaron Jackson at 26 for the Jazz uh, Bogdanovich led the way of 24 Rudy at 23 and 13 uh, Mike Conley with a nice game 19 points 8 assists Donovan Mitchell at 18 on 5 of 20 shooting Whiteside at 12 coming in off the bench let's get some post game sound let's start off uh, with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder what would you like to go on that last look well, Donovan was open really quickly early. Um, but we, you know, we got the ball back, um, back to Donovan, I should say. So we have the ball in our best player's hands in the middle of the floor. And, um, you know, you always want to get a, a cleaner look. I thought Rudy got pushed out um, by the initial screen. And, uh, you know, he eventually got flat and gave Donovan space, but, you know, I don't, I don't think that, you know, what, what hurt us was giving up offensive rebounds, um, particularly, you know, late. And, you know, obviously the last, the last free throw, um, you know, we secured the ball, but that's the rule. Um, regardless of when they blow the whistle, but again, you know, giving up um, two ends of the possession, you know, our transition defense and our defensive rebounding, you know, those scored 50 plus points on those two areas. Um, you know, fast break points can usually add a dozen points to those as far as what's considered a fast break and what's considered, you know, kind of in the flow and transition. So I think, you know, if we, have right focus in those two areas where we're not in a position that we're in at the end of the game. Just getting that coach back two areas that we kind of talk about consistently after some games like this. What do you do to kind of try to all? I mean, I'm sure you're sick of like No, I mean, I think you do everything you can, you know, and we've. Um, hopefully, you know, there's situations sometimes you, you know, you learn the hard way, as they say, um, you know, but it, it's something that, you know, we're going to need um, to be able to do to win. And it's, it's just that simple. And tonight highlighted, highlighted it, but there's been some other games where we've had the same, you know, the same situation. Offensively, Mike had uh, well, actually Mike had a good game, kind of running the control with with Rudy. And I guess when you're going down the stretch of a game like that, and you know Mike had several opportunities there, and then Bogey is shooting as well as he did. Mm-hmm. How are you deciding who to get the ball? You know who to get the ball to essentially? Yeah, I mean Donovan was handling, and it was either Mike coming out um, out of the nail, kind of like he'd been doing, or Boyan coming out. Um, I mean, the other end of the free throw and Boyan came out and got the ball. He'd been getting shots off the ball. So that's, uh, 
you know, our execution down the stretch, you know, wasn't what it needed to be, um, you know, for a number of possessions. And then we did get some, you know, some good looks when, when we executed, um, what you mentioned, Boyan got those threes where, you know, our timing was good, but, um, again, that's, you know, when you have different guys that are making plays, you know, Donovan traditionally has been that guy down the stretch. Um, but as you said, you know, those are, um, you know, however you, handle attacking a matchup or, you know, that that's, that's something that we'll continue to, to do and make those decisions. And, um, in this instance, we didn't get as good a look with Boyan, obviously as we wanted. Um, and again, you know, that's a, you, you want to be better at everything. And, you know, we, we've executed really well, um, in fourth quarters. Um, but we, you know, we didn't, we didn't tonight, but again, I, we're, we're just not in those situations. If we take care of things that we can control. Yeah. John Rand and Desmond Bain both had good scoring nights. And I'm yeah. curious what you, how you evaluate your defense. Well, you know, Bain got going early, um, with a couple transition situations, um, you know, I don't know what, you know, numbers were from the floor, you know, Brant's nine of 30. So I mean, he's going to attack and, you know, the biggest play he made was the, the tip on the free throw rebound. Um, you know, and Bain, obviously, um, like I said, I thought, you know, we lost track of him a couple of times, a couple of times there were offensive boards where he was loose and a couple of times in transition. So, you know, I'd like to think we could do a, a better job. You know, like I said early, I think he did he have their first seven points, um, or five of seven. So he, he got some clean looks early. Um, but you know, from that standpoint, you know, they scored half their points in transition on the offensive glass. So um, both those guys, you know, I thought we made Morant work. Uh, thought we could have done a little better job on Bain in the half court a couple times. Um, but for the most part, I'd have to watch the tape and see exactly where his buckets came. You know, we got lost on a couple of staggers, screens. He turned the corner on a couple of dribble handoffs where, you know, maybe we, we could have switched sooner and gotten our bigs up on him. But I thought we did a good job of that versus Ja. You talked about execution in the fourth quarter previous to that and then also in earlier quarters in other games. Do you feel like... Well, it seems like there's been sort of a left, not to close quarters, that you guys haven't been closing quarters very well. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I think I think in general it's something that we fight as a group that, you know, when, whether it's, you know, it's been at the beginning of the game, you know, tonight, um, it's been at the end of quarters, you know, our our focus, um, you know, on, on competing, through the little things um, and executing um, isn't, isn't there. And then it's there for a while and we build a lead and then our focus lets up. And that's been, um, there's been a couple of times when, you know, we've really sustained it and that consistency, you know, is what, what you need. I mean, they're, they were obviously coming off a tough night last night and we knew we were going to be in the type of game that we were in. Um, but again, there's, there's certain things that we can control. 
And those are the things that as much as anything focus on. And obviously, you know, focus on the execution, both on the offensive and defensive end, but on the front end and the back end of the possession, if we don't take care of those two things, um, we just make it a lot harder on ourselves. There you go. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder in a tough loss for his team, 119 to 118. Let's go now to the players. Let's start with Boyan Bogdanovich. On the final look that got. I mean, the play was designed for him. He's the, he's the man and best player. So, of course, that he's going to have a last, last shot. So, I mean, he had a one on one with the all kind of kind of side for, for, for himself. He, he shot a ball. So, Unfortunately, he missed it, but uh, but overall, I think that he's that's his shot. So there's no any any difference between that shot and the shot that he was taking like whole game or for whole season. So I think that it's for him and and, and the type of player that he is. That's a, that's a good look. I mean, yeah, of course, our our focus got to be got to be better, and 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 those minutes are when we play great defense. Then we are we are able to run and then have easy easy layups or easy easy threes like like we had in um uh, in the second quarter. But uh, but at the end, it's again came to our energy and, and effort. I mean, they had again. 16 offensive rebounds I I think so that's for this kind of game that's 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 too much what are you most disappointed in at this loss I mean every every loss hurts and also the atmosphere was was great kind of playoff atmosphere <laughs> they lost by 40 the game before, so they came with a uh, with different energy. But uh, but like I say, our, our focus and, and and our effort gotta be gotta be way better, especially on uh, on transition defense and uh, and uh, defensive rebounds. I mean, we are talking about this again, so that's what it is. Why is it been such a struggle to kind of get these things and to not have these things keep popping up? I mean, we gotta be, we gotta be focused. All, all of us is not just one player, and you can take him out, or, or you can blame, blame him. It's, it, it's all group that, that, uh, that is not doing the, the great job on transition defense and, and defensive glass. So, so like I said, we gotta be more, more focused. We had like good two, three games in, a, in a row after, after those games that we, that we lost. So we gotta, we gotta get back on, on track and. Uh, I know, okay, see. You really started to heat up in the fourth quarter. What was working for you individually and the team whole during that stretch? I mean, they were they were trying to to hedge hedge Donovan in pick and roll, so I was I was able to get a to get a two open open looks in a, in one minute, and then it was kind of kind of floor opens up for me, and I had a had that corner three. But uh, like I said, again, it's it's not about our our offense. We scored almost 120 points, so it's it's all about our transition defense and and, and defensive glass. There's Boyan Bogdanovich, who was lights out shooting the ball, but it wasn't enough. 7-11 from three, 8-14 from the field, 24 points in the loss. So let's now hear from Rudy Gobert. Three possessions in a row, we give up offensive rebounds. You know, so it's, uh, 
I mean, just uh, just too many too many mistakes for for a team that we that has the kind of experience that we have. You know, it's uh, it's not really acceptable that we don't get on the same page offensively and we don't rebound at the end of the game. So, just uh, it's a tough loss. You know, we just gotta remind ourselves. You know, especially when you know it's it's go time. I mean, we. Those guys played. A, it was a hard battle the whole game, but we, we get in a position when we get up six at the end. Like we, we gotta be connected. We gotta have our head, and uh, we gotta get those rebounds. You know, it's uh, that's how you finish games. That's how you finish possessions. From your perspective, what happened on the uh, the free throw? Just a bad call. I mean, the, I don't want to put the game on that, but it didn't help for <laughs> sure. But yeah, it shouldn't be the tip. You know, we had the rebound and they called uh, the blue the whistle after we had the rebound in our hands. And they realized that there was no reason to blow the whistle. So we ended up with a with a jump ball. Uh, I could have won the jump ball. We could have won the game that way too. But uh yeah, just a lot of uh, small things that just add up and we end up in a loss. And then what happened on the ensuing after after Memphis wins the tip? What kind of happened defensively? Uh, I overhelped. I, uh, uh, I got stuck in the paint a little bit too 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 deep. You know, I thought Jav was going to get to the rim, but uh, Mike did a great job defensively, so I should have uh, I should have stayed a little uh, further on the shooter. And you know, you're up two. Uh, make Jar hit a tough two, maybe, and um, play the overtime. We should get play the overtime. That's Rudy Gobert, 23 points, 13 boards, five block shots for Rudy uh, last night in the loss. Let's keep the player sound going. Let's now hear from Donovan Mitchell. I, mean, I should hit it, but there are a few things, you know, just getting in there, going right. You know, I got a shot that I wanted. You know, I'll take it. You know, I'm, I turned it over possession before. That's what I'm really, you know, on a move I make a thousand times. So that's that was that's where my head is at right now. It seems like you guys have kind of had up and down problems where it's like you get a little bit late and then you can't really close out quarters yeah. or close out the game in a sense. Why why is this continuing? Just we let up, you know, and that's a team that wanted this win bad. And we just can't let up. That's the biggest thing. Like keep our foot on the gas and you know, credit to them. They they came out and willed the way willed their way to a win. So a few games now where we talked about where it's been kind of consistent things and the the defense rebound, the transition defense. Uh how frustrating is it that these problems keep popping up and, and what do you guys do about it? It's on us at this point. Like there's really not much else to say, Eric. You know, to be honest, it's just we gotta do it or this happens, you know, like stuff like this happens, you know, we can't put it on two plays. It's a consistent thing over and over again. So we got to, we got to lock in as a group one through 15, 17, how many guys on our team? We got to do it. Well, really... well, the I mean, they got three offensive rebounds down the stretch. Um, I turned the ball over. You know, even if we miss a shot, like, we got to be able to close defense. We got to be able to get hits. We got to be able to, you know, when the team gets second look, we play good defense, and then we give them another look, and it's hard, you know, to guard three times in one possession. So um, we got to get hits, man. We got to box out. We got to get back in transition because – and also we got to turn the stop turning the ball over. Like, you know, that makes it harder for us to get back in transition. So 
once we do that, we'll be in better shape. You were five for twenty. Was that something they were doing defensively, or is that you like the shots you were getting? I missed some shots. Uh, credit to them. You know they 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 guarded well, but I just missed some shots tonight. It happens. Um, but yeah. There's Donovan Mitchell, eighteen points and five for twenty shooting, uh, eight assists and six boards as well for Donovan. Tough turnover, and uh, talked about how tough uh, it's uh, how they know how to close out games. Just need to do it. Let's wrap up the player sound with Mike Conley. You know, I think the, they made a few plays defensively, got in transition, maybe get to the free throw line. Um, obviously, we had some – we had the, the free throw and the goal 10 situation. And at that point, um, you know, it comes down to, you know, 14 seconds and and they made the plays um, and we didn't. They come, that's what it comes down to in a game like this. And um, I think that – before that six point lead, I think we we had opportunities to to push it up a little bit and um just never really got to to get over that hump and let them hang around too long and they've got guys who make plays and, and they made them at the end of the game. You had the pick and roll going, you know, especially early through well, three quarters and first half of the fourth, and then so that and heck even up to the last two minutes. Did you kind of go away from that, or I mean, how do you decide whether or not and kind of what you're running like down the stretch like that? Um, it depends. You know, we 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 like the matchup that we had going with the pick and roll and what we were doing, and um, we we're just trying to find different ways to to get in the paint, and make plays, and in the game, Donovan, you know. Donovan's the guy and we try to get the ball in his hands as much as possible. And, um, you know, some nights we, it works, some nights it doesn't, and that's just what it is, but he's going to be our guy, you know, night in and night out. And, um, and we just, you know, at that point in the game, two, three minutes left, we just weren't able to get to the, the deep corner situation and, uh, and, and get there. And they did a good job of, you know, forcing us and other stuff. And we just got to be better as a whole when it comes to executing, um, late game. I thought, you know, early our defense wasn't where it needed to be, especially on uh, Bain. I thought he, you know, kind of got some comfortable shots early. And um, once you get a guy like that who gets hot, it's, it's, it's tough. But uh, like you said, Jaws, we made him work for it. You know, he, he definitely uh, he had to work for it. But um, we put him on a free throw line a few times. Um, I wasn't a fan of it. a few times, a couple of times we put him on the line. Um, but you know, that's what he does. He draws fouls and gets there and makes plays. So, um, I mean, obviously the transition is going to be what we talk about most games. Um, we didn't have court. We feel like we were one of the best in the league defensively. So, uh, getting back on defense is still going to be key for us to, to win games like this. Transition defense, defensive rebounding popped up again. Um, why has that been such a struggle for you guys this season? Um, you know, it's, it's tough. We know what we need to do. And, you know, we got to just – we got to want to do it more and, and be more consistent with it because uh, it's no secret. I think a lot of teams, they find that, you know, you don't want to be in half court. So let's push it. Like, just throw it up the court and see what happens and and try to get easy baskets uh, against the Jazz. And, you know, once that's out there, teams are just going to continue to try to do that um, and, and give themselves the best chance of winning. So – um, for us, it's just to continue to work, continue to, to you know, be accountable. I think we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of being stuck in the backcourt, yelling at a ref or, you know, our attention isn't on 
that part of the game. So um, we just got to be better. There's Mike Conley, 19 points, eight assists, four boards for Mike in the loss, 119-118 to the Memphis Grizzlies. There's the best of the postgame show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.